0: the jets fuck the jets fuck the fucking jets fuck the jets fuck the jets fuck the fucking jets fuck the jets fuck the jets fuck the fucking jets. Fuck the jets. Fuck the, jets fuck the jets fuck the jets fuck the jets fuck the jets fuck 'em fuck the jets absolutely it's fuck the jets week it is fuck the jets week how's it going dolphin fans welcome to the same old dolphin show i'm josh catsker With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, fuck the Jets. Fuck the Jets. Oh, there are few things that hype me up as much as Dolphins Jets week. I get hyped up for Dolphins Jets week. I get hyped up when the Cubs play the Cardinals. I get hyped up when the Sounders play the Timbers. I get hyped up when Man United play Liverpool. But I I really think Dolphins Jets is like on the next... Level of thing. Like it's just, it's on its own plane of existence when it comes to sports. I get so hyped up. I hate the Jets so much. So much. There are fewer things I enjoy more than seeing the Dolphins beat the green puke. You know what I mean, brain? I know exactly what you mean. I mean, they're, they're the disgusting
1: New York Jets. Is there really a better nickname for a team than than gangrene i mean is it more fitting the gross disgusting new york jets no there's nothing
0: oh yeah that's exactly how i feel i just i hate the jets so much and uh so fireman ed oh fireman ed come on now what is this remember when he quit he said i'm not gonna be i'm the jets fans were being too mean to him so he quit being a fan but now he's back.
1: He was upset because uh, he he had his boy Sanchez's back. He was wearing the Mark Sanchez jersey, and the Jets fans gave him a hard time for it, and he said, well, I can't do this anymore.
0: They're too, they're too mean, the Jets fans. Jets fans are too mean. Unbelievable. Fireman Ed, what a joke. What a joke. Soft. SAWFT soft in the, in the immortal words of two former WWE roster members Fireman Ed is SAWFT soft I don't know if, the, if Fireman Ed might be soft but I don't know if the Jets are soft this year um, it had to give you a little bit of pause watching their watching their game on Monday night as they pretty much dismantled the Detroit Lions 48-17 in Detroit now, granted, a lot of that might have been that Detroit is not particularly good, and as came out afterwards, apparently the Jets were were picking up the signs that the, the hand signals that Stafford was given so they knew what was coming. and so that'll certainly help cause five turnovers. but um yeah, the Jets the Jets look pretty good. So uh, let me get a little temperature in the room here, brain. How are you feeling? Heading into this game on Sunday, before we get into the strategy and what the Dolphins are going to need to do to win that game, give me a little bit of how you're feeling as far as just getting ready to go into a week two matchup in the Meadowlands against the New York Jets.
1: I feel it's a a 50-50. I I don't know what to make of the Jets' uh, victory last week. I think it had more to do with the Lions laying an egg. And the Jets maybe having some inside information on the Lions and just being just uber prepared for that game. Then it had to do with the Jets being that great. Obviously, Sam Darnold, the the career couldn't have started any worse with with a pick six. But after that, it couldn't have gone much better. Uh, but I don't know. I I I. I don't have high expectations for the Jets. I actually picked the Jets to finish last in this division uh, preseason. So I'm not going to overreact to one game. The same token, I'm not going to overreact to one game from the Dolphins winning a home game against uh, a Tennessee team that had some major injuries over the course of that game. So I don't think we really know what to make of either of these teams. And it's a a rivalry that historically – uh, look, historically the home team does pretty well in the rivalry and, but historically they are close games and they can go either way. And so I, I that's how I feel about it. I feel like it's going to be a close game that could go either way.
0: Yeah. It, well, as we sort of said last or in the review show, you can't really take too much away from those first games because it's a one week sample. So you don't, it's a very small sample size. So you shouldn't react to, too much one way or the other. And, you know, after this game on Sunday, we'll have a much better idea of where both of these teams stand. So before, I guess before we dive into this game and start talking about the keys, what are going to be the keys to victory for the Miami Dolphins, uh, we need to first start out with the news that, uh, the Dolphins, probably one of the most important signings this team made in the offseason was bringing in Pro Bowl guard Josh Sitton to help on the offensive line and to, to sort of bolster what had been a, a weakness in this team. And in week one, he looked very good in the performance against Tennessee, but we found out that he has a torn rotator cuff. He's going to have surgery to repair it. And Josh Sitton is going to miss the entire rest of the 2018 NFL season, and that is Means that Ted Larson is going to get the call up to, to fill in on the offensive line. The brain, what I get, what I gather in this situation is that, um, this is something that Sitten has been sort of dealing with for a few weeks. Um, but it became a little bit too much to bear after the week one game against Tennessee. And, uh, he's going to need to have the surgery done. And now he's going to be out for the rest of the season. So Ted Larson is, is stepping in. Tell us, where does this leave? the Miami Dolphins offensive line, and how just how same old Dolphins is this?
1: Well, it's about as same old Dolphins as you can get to go out and spend money on a free agent, spend big money on a free agent, and have him come in and get hurt one week in, after he was a pro bowl caliber player his entire career, and he plays one game for the dolphins and now he's hurt and out for the year. It doesn't get much more same old dolphins than that. As far as where this leaves them with Ted Larson in look, Josh sitting a solid run blocking guard, but really where he made his money pass protection. That's the concern is that Ted Larson comes in and Will there be miscommunication? will Will he get beat inside? Will he get beat outside? Will the Dolphins need to, uh, you know, use some more double teams to help Ted Larson? Does that affect the pass protection, which was outstanding in Week One against Tennessee? You look, you'd rather at this point have an injury to a guard than a tackle, but Josh sitting one of the, not one of the best pass protecting guard in the NFL over the past four seasons, this is going to be something to watch to see if Ted Larson can Hold his own there and not consistently get beat and not cause the Dolphins to need to shift their line over, slide protection to help him out, which will inevitably make them weaker at another spot on the line. They really need Ted Larson to step up and fill Josh Sitton's shoes so that they can protect Ryan Tannehill. Because as we've seen throughout Ryan Tannehill's career, when he is protected, he is solid. When he is not He can be disastrous, and if this Dolphins team, if this Dolphins offense is going to have any success this year, they absolutely need to protect Ryan Tannehill. So this is a major loss, and now it leaves them with a major question mark at that guard
0: position. And I think that's going to lead us into exactly what the Dolphins need to do on the offensive side of the ball in order to defeat the Jets. This Sunday. So we know now that Larson is going to be in on the offensive line. I think it's probably safe to say that the Dolphins don't win this game against the Jets unless they can keep that run game going because the Jets have a very good secondary. And I think if the Dolphins are unable to run the ball and they're relying on Ryan, T- listen, if Ryan Tannehill's throwing the ball 40 to 50 times in this game, I, I think it's, it's going to be a hopeless endeavor. For the Dolphins on Sunday. So I think my, my number one thing here, and I, and we've, we've discussed this at length on this, on this show is that the Dolphins are going to need to establish that run game with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore and, and get that, get that moving to try to keep the Jets on their heels a little bit. Um, in order to give some Tannehill a little bit of breathing room and give him the opportunity to pass without the Jets just bringing out an all out assault on the pass rush.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, when the dolphins have the ball and, and this is going to be something that's the case all year long, because again, uh, Ryan Tannehill, not the kind of quarterback that's going to carry you. And if you, if you, if he needs to throw the ball 40 times in a game, it's not going to be a recipe for success. We talked about it last week, how the recipe last week mirrored the recipe from two years ago with Tannehill when they went on the winning streak when they played their best football the recipe was run the ball and Tannehill in good down and distance just being efficient not asking him to do too much and then every now and then sprinkling in the big play but if you're unable to run the ball if you get into third and longs it is not Tannehill's strong suit It is not this offense's strong suit, and it's going to be a long game for the Dolphins offense if they're unable to run the ball and control the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's basically what it comes down to with this Dolphins team, and I think particularly against this Jets team. Just how good is that defense really? We'll find out this Sunday when they take on the Dolphins, and the Dolphins uh, will at least—I think you can— You can count on the Dolphins probably to make a little bit more of an effort to run the ball than the Lions did, I would think.
1: And that's where I'm not necessarily sure how good uh, this Jets defense is, is that the Jets defense, the strength is their secondary. But the Lions just, you know, the, the last few years, really, since Stafford's been there, the Lions do not run the ball. They very rarely even make an attempt to run the ball on any kind of consistent basis. And granted it doesn't help when you fall behind the way they did in this game, but the lions are as finesse as it gets. And I'm not going to sit here and say that the dolphins are some smash mouth football team. I think they like to pride themselves on being balanced. I liked what I saw out of them last week against a very a, a Tennessee team that does pride themselves on being physical and a Tennessee team that, uh, that stopped the run really, really well last season. And the Dolphins really had their way with them for the majority of the game, picking up chunks of yardage on the ground. So I don't know that the Jets have necessarily been tested. And that's one of these things. That's one of these question marks that you have early in the season where you can't overreact to one game because – you've got these stats that you look at and you got some video evidence, but how good was the competition? You really don't know off of a one game sample. And I think, uh, while, while the dolphins will be tested in some ways by the jets in ways that they weren't tested against Tennessee last week, I think the dolphins will present some challenges to the jets, uh, in ways that the jets weren't challenged last week against the lions. And also the jets, with some some injury concerns. Uh Josh Martin, starting outside linebacker, he's out. And what we're going to see is the return of one of our absolute favorite players in this game. Do you know who I'm talking about,
0: Josh? Uh let me let me see if I can if I can guess who you're talking about. One of my all-time one of our all-time favorite pl- Oh, oh, you must be talking about you must be talking about Neville Hewitt. The banker himself. The banker.
1: The bank was relocated. The banker was relocated to the Meadowlands. And this is the return of Neville Hewitt, who was a full participant in practice. Look, it's not a good Jets linebacking core, it, it's not a good Dolphins linebacking core. And the Dolphins let go of Neville Hewitt to go play for the Jets. I believe that you can run on this Jets defense, which means,
0: and that's what, that's what this team needs to do. That's what
1: we, yes, need. exactly. Exactly. And that, and that's what they need to do. And I, if last week was any indication, we've got a pretty solid two headed mon- monster in Kenyon Drake, the able one and Frank Gore who looked like he was 25 years
0: old. Yeah, he really, the the, the ageless wonder Frank Gore looked incredible last week, and I hope that he looks that good again this week in the Meadowlands. But let's take a look at the other side of the ball. Sam Darnold, the rookie quarterback for the New York Jets, got off to just about the worst possible start that you could imagine, throwing a pick six on his first career NFL pass. But after that, things uh, straightened out for him and he ended up going 16 of 21 for 198 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Of course, that interception that he threw as well. Uh, and he, and he looked pretty good as, as the Jets more or less went through the Lions like a warm knife through butter. I mean, they were, uh, they were, it was a pretty dominant performance, particularly in the second half of that game. Um, so when, the Dolphins are on defense They're The biggest thing I think that they're going to need to do with Sam Darnold is that they've got to put pressure on him. They've got to keep pressure on that quarterback so that he doesn't have time to just wait for guys like Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunua to get open. He, they've got to put pressure on him and, and see how he responds to it because that was something that Detroit didn't really do a whole lot of in that Monday night game was pressure the quarterback. And so – that was one of the things that sort of allowed Darnold to just sort of have his way with the Lions on Monday night. So if the Dolphins don't want Darnold to have his way, they've got to generate some pressure. And, you know, I think all of us were a little bit disappointed after the great preseason that uh, Robert Quinn and Cam Wake had. We were a little bit disappointed that they weren't able to uh, really get to Mariota or, or Gabbert very much last week. And so hopefully we'll see a little bit of a change of play, a change of pace this week and we'll see those two guys uh knock Sam Darnold on his backside a little bit on Sunday. Yeah,
1: I I completely agree. And when you look at Sam Darnold, first off, look at the the pick six that he threw on the first play of the game under pressure, rolling out, you know, out of the pocket, makes a mistake. Look at his career at USC, especially his senior year when this guy was pressured He tends to try to do too much, even on some of his good plays in this Monday night game against Detroit. When he was pressured and flushed out of the pocket, he made some great throws, but he made some great throws across his body that are dangerous throws that are the kinds of throws that rookie quarterbacks make. And learn have to learn the hard way they can't consistently get away with at the NFL level. And I think Darnold at some point this season is going to learn that the hard way. Um, obviously, he did throw the one pick six. But other than that, he, he had downright a perfect game from that point on. Um, but the other way – I mean the other piece of this puzzle is, okay, well, how do you get him under pressure? Because the Jets – Know that they have to avoid Sam Darnold being under pressure. And the best way to keep your quarterback from being under pressure, the same way Ryan Tannehill is going to hope to be kept, uh, you know, kept clean and upright and not under pressure, running the football. And look at what the Jets did last week Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell combined 22 carries for 162 yards and a pair of touchdowns. If they run with that kind of efficiency, it's not going to be difficult for Sam Darnold and the Dolphins are going to be kept off balance and it's going to be difficult for the Dolphins to consistently generate any pressure. But if the Dolphins can can stop the run and force Sam Darnold into poor down and distance and let. Quinn and Wake do what they do best and let the strength of the Dolphins defense, which is ultimately, I believe, their pass defense, allowing those ends to rush the passer and allowing uh, their secondary with Xavier Howard and Rashad Jones and and Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ McDonald, allowing them to make plays on the ball. Uh, If they're able to do that, uh, I think they could have great success. I think what this game comes down to, and many games come down to this, but I really believe that this game is going to come down to which team can run the football which, and obviously, you know, which team is going to make mistakes. But I really believe what's going to determine the mistakes is which team can run the football, because I believe that the team that runs the football well in this game or runs the football better will be put will put themselves in position to make fewer mistakes than the team that doesn't run the ball better. Uh, so I believe that to be absolutely where this game will be won and lost. Whichever team runs the ball better is going to win this one.
0: All right. Are you, uh, well, let's, let's not have you make your prediction yet. We'll, we'll hold off on our predictions. Um, let's get some of the hot takes from our listeners. We've got some from Facebook and a couple over, uh, from Twitter as well. So don't forget you can, like our Facebook page is facebook.com slash same old dolphins. Uh, and you can be following us on Twitter as well at same old dolphins, uh, follow the brain at Aaron, the brain, and I am at amplified to rock. Uh, here's a couple of Facebook comments. These, I, so I asked everybody for their one hot take. Um, This first one, I don't know that there's a a whole lot of hot takes in there, but uh, here it is. It's from Raymond Hatcher on Facebook. He says, I believe it'll be 17-13, Tannehill with two interceptions and Dolphins with one fumble. The Jets will throw three interceptions and have three fumbles, six turnovers for the Jets. Uh, And he says the Dolphins win it by four. Sounds like a sloppy game. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be a mess. My understanding is that there may be some weather on Sunday, so maybe he's not far off. But he does predict that the Dolphins win by four, 17-13. That's his prediction. And then we've also got Kyle Peltier, who says 20 to to 17 Miami. He says, Darnold goes from one of the best in week one to one of the worst in week two. And here's the hot take. Parker shows up and has a big game. Would love to see that. I would absolutely
1: love to see that. It looks like, I mean, he's, he's practicing in full. So we should see Devontae Parker. I don't know how much they're going to use him. I don't know if he's going to be a huge part of the offense or if they're going to work him back in slowly considering how well the receivers played last week. I think that's one of the the interesting things to look forward to in this game that we really just don't know and we won't know until we see it.
0: It, it It's true. I, I I am at a point where I would never predict Devontae Parker to have a big game again until I see him being capable of having one. Um. Let's go go over to Twitter real quick where we've got some takes. Uh, At the Dolphins end zone says Jets 27, Dolphins 17. He says, I hate to say it, but I think this is where the defense crumbles. Uh, Let's see what else we have here from at Darth underscore Carl. 24-23, Dolphins in a last minute field goal. Offense looks abysmal all around, but a defensive touchdown wins it for the Finns. And we've got at Denver Finn fan who says, Dolphins must run the ball well to wear down the Jets D. Hashtag one hot take. Hashtag fins up. Hashtag fins unite. Dolphins emoji. And then finally, the last one that I'll share because it's Angry Al from Port St. Lucie. He says, Jets 97, Dolphins (laughs) 2. That's good. so uh some interesting some interesting thoughts from folks pretty mixed bag. we got some negative uh takes and some some positive takes as well which it's nice to see so that's gonna lead us to us to make our prediction um I will make my prediction first because i I think I'm gonna stick with the prediction that I made in our preview show. I do believe the jets are gonna win this one. I think it's gonna probably be a little bit of a sloppy affair. I'm going to say the Jets win after a failed field goal attempt uh, from Jason Sanders to tie the game and send it to overtime. The Jets win this one 19 to 16 over the Miami Dolphin.
1: All right. Uh, Look, I'm on the fence about this one. I liked what I saw for the most part out of Tannehill in week one. I liked the Dolphins offense in general in week one the defense for the most part I thought played pretty solid you know at least stopping the run against a very physical Tennessee team and I think that if the Dolphins can match that physicality that they brought in week one then they they could overpower the Jets and that could become the identity of this team because we've said for a few years now, you know, what is the identity of this team? Adam Gase wanted them to come in and be this high flying offense, uh, kind of a finesse team. That's what you kind of figured. That's kind of the identity that they had when they were under Joe Philbin, but maybe they were going to be a little bit more exciting. And then they made the playoff run on the, on the heels or on the backs of. Smash mouth football with Jay Ajayi running between the tackles and then playing solid defense. And then that was totally gone last year. And they look like a team that was, you know, without an identity. So what is the identity of this team? Last week, they matched the physicality of the Tennessee Titans. I want to see them bring that same physicality to the Jets on the road. Can they do it? I'm not so sure and I like – look, as much as I'm not sold on what I saw from the Jets last week, I have to say, you know, I as a, somebody who picked them to finish last in the division, they did not look like a last-place team. And they get the game at home, and if I'm feeling like this is an even matchup and it's in the Meadowlands where the Dolphins historically have not played well, I have a hard time picking the Dolphins to win this game. So even though I picked the Dolphins before the season started – to start 2-0, and they've already started 1-0. Really what I said, if you go back and listen, is I said the Dolphins would win two of their first three games, and I happened to pick them to win the first two and then lose to Oakland. I think they're going to drop this one on the road. Um, I'm picking the Jets 23-17. to But you know what? What? Fuck the Jets. Fuck them. Really. Just fuck them. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I want to sing fuck the Jets – all day long
0: on sunday i mean yes and we're probably going to be singing it all day sunday anyway but you know just mm, because
1: i'm I, I you know if we if we lose i'm not in the singing mood well i mean okay. i might say fuck the jacks but i'm not singing it well
0: I, listen i think that the thing here is we have both picked the dolphins to lose but we're obviously on sunday going to be cheering for the opposite right we're going to be cheering for the dolphins to go into the meadowlands and and the go into the hashtag MetLife takeover for for which is where all the Dolphin fans go to MetLife Stadium and and try to take over the building. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they're certainly going. Has that going. ever happened? Uh, I mean, I, happened know, to,
1: I know, I know, The Jets have taken over. You know, the you know, Hard Rock Dolphins. Oh God, Land remember Shark, that one Monday uh, night Joe game Robbie? we went
0: to where where it was pouring rain the whole time and the Jets just wiped the floor with us
1: oh what a brutal game that was but you know what freaking orange jerseys
0: yeah listen fuck the jets fuck the jets Fuck fuck the vast majority of their fans i would say all of them but i have a very good friend who is a jets fan but this sunday fuck him too yeah i was gonna say the same thing i got a
1: good buddy of mine that's a jets fan and you know i wish him no ill will but but fuck him
0: yeah fuck him fuck the jets in the meantime, you could has fo- to be our most vulgar show ever. Yeah. I don't think we've dropped the F word quite this many times in a single episode of the show. So uh, well done us. Uh Don't forget. You could follow us on Twitter at Aaron, the brain at amplified to rock and at same old dolphins. Our Facebook page again is facebook.com slash same old dolphins. Give us a like over there. If you if you would take a few moments out of your time to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and write a lovely review of our show, The Brain and I would both greatly appreciate it as we uh, try to spread the word about the show. And you giving us a positive rating really does help us in that endeavor. You can also go to SoundCloud where you can follow us and, and leave comments on each episode as well. Um, so we hope that you will do all of that. We will be back. At some point, either Sunday evening or Monday evening to recap this game against the Jets, which hopefully will be a huge Miami Dolphins victory that sees the Dolphins sitting at two and oh and in pole position for a first round bye in the AF and the AFC playoffs. Um, but we'll be back either way. Even if it is a loss, we'll be here pissed off, angry, and probably swearing a little bit less than we did in this particular episode next time here on the same old Dolphin show. So for Aaron, the brain, this is amplified to rock. This is Josh. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Everybody. Fuck the jets. Go Dolphins. Miami the Dolphins, the greatest of all time.